0: Second Timothy chapter one and verse five. We'll start reading here. Right. 2 right. Second Timothy chapter one verse five. When I call the remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I and I am persuaded that in thee also, wherefore I put thee in the, in, in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. In verse 9, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for the time of the week and spending your word today. Lord, as we uh, focus on this uh, tonight, the message, I pray that you would just, we think of the importance of Wednesday night being able to prop up the middle of the week with something spiritually, uh, something that would motivate us. I pray that you would motivate each and every one of us to love you more and be thankful for the things we have. And we think about allowing us, Lord, we pray that we would count our blessings. Oh, God, there's plenty of things we could, we could uh, maybe not like as much, but, Lord, there's certainly some things in our lives we could be thankful for. We thank you for your word tonight. I just pray that you bless it now, bless our time together, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we see... Uh, Tonight I want to talk about remembering the provisions of His grace. Remembering the provisions of His grace. When I think about the, uh, we think about the story here. Uh, when I call remembrance in verse five, when I call remembrance the unfeigned faith that is the with that is with thee, uh, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy uh, mother Eunice, uh, and I am persuaded that in thee also. I think about my family. I think about. Uh, really, there's just a couple of my brothers that really serve the Lord like we do, uh, and then, of course, our kids. But uh, I think about the fact that I had, a, I had a mother, and I had a grandmother, and I had a great mother, great-grandmother that were godly, and they passed on the baton of faith. And it was really strong women in our family that perpetuated the gospel in our family that prayed. And I know my grandmother prayed. She was a prayer warrior. She was a, a lady that had faith. And she read her Bible and she knew what it meant. Uh, She probably at sometimes knew more than what some preachers knew. (laughs) She was just, she knew a lot and she prayed a lot. And, uh, and I thank God for, for women like that. And her mom, her mom, her last name was a Talbot. She was at Talbot and she was at, at a time where she was uh, well to do at one time, um, very wealthy. Uh, her husband was, uh, was in construction back in the early 1900s, did some big things back in New York, and uh, made a lot of money. And, uh, but even in, with all that, she had a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, what a wonderful thing that is when you just, you know, you have the ability to put aside even money, or you have the ability to put aside whatever else is in your life. And the Lord Jesus Christ is that main focus, your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's so important. But we think about knowing uh, these ladies that have uh, had an effect on this man's life and the fact of the fact that uh, uh, he, uh, Paul's desire is that you stir things up. And for us as a church, we need to be uh, mindful to stir some things up. I think today some people are stirring the wrong things up. We have people that are stirring up via, uh, uh, terrorism. Sometimes you can talk about certain things and coerce people and this and that and uh, and you find terrorism is stirred up. Sometimes we find violence is stirred up. We've gone through a couple of years here where we've look, gone and looked at the TV and thought, wow, what, is, what am I seeing here in America? No, this isn't some other country where uh, they're burning things down and, and rioting and doing different things. This is America. And so that had to come with stirring up. And I think about this. It's important for us to understand that it's important for the right things to be stirred. Amen. Amen. It's, it's important to stir up the right things. And, and the godly things. And um, we think about how uh, when, when, it, uh, when we look at the word of God here, uh, that these things are in, in us, we need to, in verse 6, says, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. First of all, we need to come to remembrance. We look at the Bible, we remember some things. Uh, and uh, so often we forget. So often we need to remind ourselves why we're saved. And what it took for us to be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ had to go to a cruel cross. And we're not just talking about another person. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had to go to the cross and die for your sins and for mine. And he did that out of love. John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So he has provided everlasting life for everybody. He went to the cross for everybody. His intention was to save people. And his, his, your, your name was very important. I believe your name was in his mind when he died on the cross for you. And that love that he had for you. In and, and, and Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even while, we in, even while we were in sin, God has intentions for you to be saved. And I think about how important that is. And, uh, and we think about how tonight there's a world that is dying and going to hell and there's a world that needs, uh, some people to pray for him. There's some people to hurt for him. And I remember my grandmother used to tell me, she says, you know, some people today, and I know that she, she said, you know, what some people did today need is people to hurt with, you know what I'm saying? And what I mean by that is you need someone that will show compassion to some people out there that are in need. And sometimes you can't give them some profound wisdom, but you can come alongside them and hurt with them. I, I mean by hurting with them is basically uh, encouraging them, helping them, and, and being alongside of them, showing that you care. I think of the importance of that. We as Christians, we're, we're praying for each other. We're praying for those that are going through things. And there's, there's some things that are being going through. And when you go through the valley, you, boy, it's a nice thing to know that you have someone praying for you. God is good. But we think about the importance of, of stirring things up. And uh, to stir up is a kindle up. It's a gift of God, the grace received by his ministerial office, either at his original ordination or at his uh, consecration, to the superintendency of the Ephesians church, imparting fearlessness, power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, as it says there in verse 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. I'm always amazed about how some people, you know, I know that it's a terrible thing when you watch an elder, elderly person go through a lot of different things. They'll go through, they'll have this, uh, I've had my mom, she had uh, dementia. And she, I mean, there's things she can remember like really well. And my grandmother had that somewhat too. But there's some things about my grandma that she was very sharp on. Very sharp on the word of God. It seemed like she had a sound, as far as that was concerned, she had the sound mind. And we as Christians, we think about today, we need to have a sound mind. We live in a very unstable world. But God calls us out from that stable unstableness and says, you know, you need to have a sound mind. You need to be confident. If we're going to have a sound mind, if we're confident in what God is doing. We think about news reports are filled with stories of terrorism and tolerance for Christ. Note that uh, what, what, what should our spirit be as we serve God in these days? If it was not for the spirit of fear, perhaps Phil, uh, Timothy was fearful of indifference or indifferent towards leadership. And we think about how uh, the perception of, of uh, being fearful of things, certain things we fear about. There's the unth- the unknown things we fear about. The devil helps us with that, by the way. I believe the devil comes along, he stirs some, stirs, uh, stirs some stuff up. And uh, he steers steers up uh, uh, some things in our lives that shouldn't be. You know, we don't need that stirred up. And I, I always think of, uh, I think my kids, when we're driving down the road, and we're, we're looking over and we see like a dust devil. You ever seen a dust devil? You want you don't want to walk through a dust devil, do you? You walk away from the dust devil. That thing's just whirling along. And I've seen some out here in California They go up like, I want to say, a couple hundred feet. I mean, they're tall. They're big. I mean, they're just... They're just whirling all kinds of trash bags, dust, or whatever it runs across, and it's stirring up all the wrong stuff. Amen. <laughs> now, if it stirred up some, went out in the uh, lake and stirred up some fish, that'd be okay. Get it, your, But uh, all the wrong things. And uh, we think about how uh, it's an amazing thing. But in our lives, we we can you know we got to be careful about the the world is going to stir you up. The devil's going to stir you up. There's things that are going to get you agitated. You know, there's things that can get you agitated. People are agitated today. You know, people have to go. What do they call it? They go to like counseling for um, anger management. That's right. That's the word. Anger management, right there. Anger management. We gotta, we gotta start. You know, you gotta get a squeeze ball, and you gotta like a, or, or you know, squeeze dice on your 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 mirror or whatever. And you got, you just gotta handle it right. You know, you gotta. You go through your process, or, you know, it's like almost uh, your AA meeting. You've got your little, you know, different things you go through. You know, you're going to have to go through while you're driving home or something like that. <laughs> Anger management. But in California, you've got rage. You've got people out there, and they're in a hurry to get home. And, you know, they're like uh, honking their horn. You think they're right in your back seat by how close they're driving, you know. Uh, <laughs> but we think about today, we got what you know, the devil knows how to get our goat sometimes. The world knows how to sometimes do that, too. But we, we're not supposed to be a part of that. We're supposed to be somewhere different. What do people see in our lives that's so different? We're supposed to be, the Bible talks about us being a peculiar people. Different. Set apart. You know? And peculiar. And does, this, does the world see that? And uh, we think about how, uh, how what should our spirit be as we serve God these days? It was not by the spirit of fear. And so we see that the importance of understanding that when we get fear in our lives, we need to deal with it. We need to know that's not of God, that's of Satan. And the Apostle Paul wanted Timothy to possess the spirit of an overcomer. He knew that even as a young pastor, there would be challenges he would face. And so, three supernatural provisions of the grace of God. First, number one, the spirit of power. No, this is not the power of humanism or the power of human spirit. Now, I'll tell you what, there's some humanism out there, all right? There's more of that today than ever before. Uh, Builds you up. You, you know, whatever. And, and it t- what it does is take God out of your life. But we see how uh, you no, know, this is not the power of, power of humanism or the power of the human spirit, but a power from the Holy Spirit. And so we see the Holy Spirit resides in every born-again Christian. Those that know Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit resides within your life. He's there. Sometimes, for some of us that have been saved for a while or long enough, we, we've had the ability to push away the Holy Spirit. Ignore the Holy Spirit and His voice will get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Pretty soon you won't hear the Holy Spirit. But as soon as you start drawing nigh into Jesus, guess what? The Holy Spirit, it gets louder and louder. He still whispers, but he's, he's, you can hear His, his voice. And so you see that important important thing. So John 3, 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Okay? So important. We're all born in the flesh, but we need to be born in the Spirit, born again. We see Romans 8, in verse 8. It says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but, in verse 9, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So important that you have the Spirit of Christ in you. It's an indicator. It's very important. And so the Holy Spirit imparts grace and strength to a yielded Christian. I encourage you to be yielded to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not enough to thank God is, oh, you like, you like God a lot. But when you make the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's a whole different ballgame. When you submit to yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, say, God, you know what? I'm submitting my life to you. I'm submitting everything to you. I'm trusting you. Wow, that's pretty big. For some people, that's very big. And we see that's important for us to submit to, the whole, to submit to God. Uh, Luke 24, verse 49 says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And so we see that the, uh, you know, uh, we think about the, the, the fact that they had to wait for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came. And, and really, we think about for us, and we receive Christ as our Savior, all of a sudden, boom, right off the bat, we have the Holy Spirit that comes and resides in our life. And He's the comforter. He's the, he's, he's the person that when we get into the Bible, when you get into His Word, He can show us all things. He shows us things. He directs us. He guides us. He, we should be in communication with God and with the Holy Spirit. Show me some things. And when we sh- ask for Him to show me some things, like we're needful of it. Rather than like, oh, this is a cheeseburger, I can take it or leave it. You ever eat one of those cheeseburgers? He's like, I could eat I, I know it's food, but it's like, you know, it's nothing special. It ain't, it ain't In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> I could take it or eat it. I'm just, you know, this is the only thing around. I don't only have time for this. But it's not like that. The Holy Spirit is something special. You get into the Word of God. It's supposed, it's supposed to be something special. And 1 Thessalonians 5:19 talks, talks about how it, here it says, quench not the Spirit, quench it not. You ever seen a fire being quenched? That's a good thing when your, fire, your house is on fire. But when we think about fires, like your fire, like you want to keep warm, and you're talking about it's life and death, and you've got your fire. You want that fire being quenched. You want that fire to be raging and warm so you can warm and survive. And uh, so you don't want to be quenched. Nothing like throwing some dirt on that fire or some water and quenching that fire. And it starts going out. You go, no, no, I want that fire to go. And when when we think about this, the, the Holy Spirit can be quenched. We can douse him out. We can reject him. We can push him away to where you can't even hear him. He doesn't. Even, you don't even feel his presence in your life. <clears throat> a 60-year-old Foster Walker accidentally strolled into the scene of a holdup in a store in Memphis, Tennessee. The gunman pointed a gun in his face and said, "Hand over your money, or I'll shoot." Mr. Walker said, "Go right, go right ahead and shoot. I just got." Through read my Bible, and I have already said my prayers. The robber just stood and stared at him, speechless. He didn't shoot. Foster turned and uh, walked out of the store, untouched. Now I wouldn't suggest doing that, <laughs> but you know things happen. <laughs> Can you say? Um, we think about how we think about how we need to have power for every burden. You know, power for every burden, the burdens that are in our lives. You know, sometimes you can have a burden for somebody. Like, you may be thinking about somebody. You know they're not saved. You have a burden. And you're not like a unisolated person. You, you have a burden. You, If you're doing the right thing as a Christian, you're sharing that burden. I want you to pray for so-and-so. Why? Because you want more people to pray for that person so they will get saved. If you have somebody in the hospital, you don't know whether they're going to make it or not. And I've, Brother Lou is great for this. He'll talk to somebody on the phone. And yeah, I got talking to somebody on the phone and he was talking. To, and, and I says, can we, Is there some, something we can pray for you about? I go, Wow, what a ministry to have. So he comes to church, he gives us a name, and he says, Please, please pray for something. You know, how can that not hurt? Boy, that's a, that's a great thing. When we can pray for each other, we can pray for people we don't even know. And God, I believe God has the ability, every ability to bless that. Every ability. Don't limit God. Say, oh, I don't know. We don't even know the person. Why should we pray? We should pray for them. And so we think about the power of every burden. Your burden. You may be carrying some different burdens. Everybody's carrying different burdens. And you have a burden. The power for every burden. God has power for every burden. (laughs) There was a woman who and her husband, there was a woman and her husband interrupted their vacation to go to to a dentist. I know some of my family has been going to the dentist lately. How many of you guys lately, you love dentists? I don't, I don't really love dentists, sorry. <laughs> uh, but a woman and her husband interrupted their vacation to go to the dentist. I want a tooth pulled, and I don't, um, I don't, I don't want Novocaine, because I'm, a, I'm in a big hurry, the woman said. Just extract the tooth as quickly as possible, and we'll be on our way. The dentist was quite impressed. You're certainly a courageous woman, he said. Which tooth is it? The woman turned to her husband and said, show him your tooth dear." <laughs> Show them your tooth, (laughs) dear. Power for every burden. Amen. (laughs) Power for witnessing. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. As as ye know that manner of man, we were among you for your sake. It holds power. God could do something. I think I've been reading through I've been reading through Exodus lately. I've been making my way through Exodus, reading through Exodus, just reading through it. And it's an interesting thing, you know, you start reading that and just the tragedy of it all, talking about the disastrous things that would that that were that had come come to uh, the Jewish people Israel, and what a tragedy it was. And the people had Pushed away God. And because of that, uh, they were being taken out of the land. Thousands were being taken out of the land. They were, uh, they were overtaken and things like that. And, and uh, even, even when they had almost a late revival, it just didn't quite mesh together. It didn't really uh, do anything on the inside. And we think about uh, all that was happening there. And God was working. And God was demonstrating his love. But we think about the, the plans that God had for Israel. I believe that Israel needed to be holy in order for them to carry out God's plan. Uh, We think about, uh, I'm just kind of chasing a rabbit here, but uh, Genesis chapter 12, if you'll turn there real quick. Genesis chapter 12, God had a plan for Israel. And uh, it wasn't really in his plans that they would push him away, and they would rebel, and they'd go after other gods. Now, we see here in uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said unto, now the Lord had, uh, had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and into a land that, will, uh, that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make the name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Did you hear that? And thou shalt be a blessing. That was his desire. In verse 3 it says, And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that uh, and, and, and curse, curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed through Israel. We think about the things that God had given Israel, the Jewish people. He gave some land as long as they did what they were supposed to do. They would be in the land and everything would be wonderful. The, the fruit and all the things that grew on that land and the blessings. You look at Solomon and the blessings that he had and that he had to contend with. The people were blessed with. Count your many blessings. I mean, they were everywhere. And that was God's desire. But because of sin, they got away. They forgot who God was. They didn't remember God. What a tragedy. And so God brought them away from their land. God had big hopes for them. He had plans for them. And they could have been a blessing to the whole world. The whole world would be blessed and would look to Israel and go, God, there's, there's, a, there's a people, and we're blessed because of those people, because they have a great God. And God had different, uh, you know, let me, let me just encourage you to remember him. Count your blessings. Be appreciative of what you have, not what you don't have. So many of us, we don't, we, we, we get a picture on something big. And do you know, in the United States, we're so blessed. We have so much more than, the, we think about, you go to Africa, place after place after place, you look how they run things. They have oxen running around, chickens running around, all kinds, there's nothing wrong, wrong with those things. But you have all these things and nothing's industrialized and everything's, and I mean, they're just holding on. You know, holding on to the next big thing that happens there and the, and the breaks, outbreaks and the different things they have going on there. And we have it so blessed, so much food, so much everything. We are so blessed. And really, we have the ability to be a blessing to others. Our church, our country, our country has been a blessing to others. So we need to understand that we need to follow God and do his will. He has plans for us and to trust him and be faithful to him. Israel was not faithful to him. And God's not done with Israel, by the way, as the Pastor talked about um, Sunday night. But we think about how we need to have power for witnessing here is another thing here. First Thessalonians one five says, "For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power in the Holy Ghost and much assurance, as ye that uh, as he know uh, what manner of man we were among you." So, so important. We think about the relationship and the testimony that you have is so important how important it is your testimony and your the gospel that you hold in your life and that gospel what are you going to do with that gospel you're going to hold on to it you're going to keep it in your lunch pail you know when i used to go to school i used to have these little lunch pails and i used to have a lunch pail some of the one of the popular lunch pails back then was uh the fonzie right you had the fonzie or what do you call it the what was that what was that what was, that, what, was that show, what was that show called Happy Days, that's right, the Happy Days lunch pail. That was in, I mean, that was totally in. And pretty soon it was the Star Wars lunch pail. You know, these little lunch pails, you know, you put your, your, your sandwich in there and things like that, and you go to, you go to school and, and you open that up, and everybody's opening their lunch pail and things like that. When we think about getting your, you know, the gospel, being in the lunch pail, open that lunch pail up, get that gospel out there, share it with other people. Hey, I got plenty for everybody. The gospel. We think about the fact that we have power, the power of the, the gospel, and it's there. But it doesn't do anything unless we get it out there. And problem with Israel was is the fact that they weren't holy. They weren't set apart. They weren't taking God at his word. They weren't living his word. They were uh, rebellious. And God so much wanted them to turn and do the right thing because God so much wanted to bless them. And you know what he could have done? He could have blessed them, and he could have blessed the rest of the world. Many times he did that. You think about Joshua. Uh, or um, you think about uh, the many times that God has blessed, and Joseph is the person I'm thinking of. Joseph, look how God blessed the whole world when Joseph stu- stepped into the seat next to Pharaoh and saved the whole world and expounded on his dream and literally saved the whole world because they were going to go through a seven years of really bad time where food would not be there. So they took the seven years of promise. Seven years of excessive food, and they saved it up, and they were ready to go. And because they did that, they were able to get through that seven years, that last seven years. So 14 years. Wow, what a change through one man, Joseph. We think about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's almost like a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ because, yes, through one man, salvation would be wrought. Salvation would be Brought out, and we'd have power in the gospel. So we also we we understand what there's power when persecuted. Colossians one10 through eleven says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power unto the patience and long suffering and joyfulness. Now think about that. He prays and he prays for those people to be this and, and, and he, his, his desires for them to have this, knowing that he's not telling somebody something that he hasn't experienced himself. Paul's not going, hey, I want you to have something I don't have. Don't tell people to have something you don't have. And Paul is telling them, you need this. And so I'm praying for this. I'm encouraging you to have this, that you might walk worthy on the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. How are you going to be fruitful by following and doing these things? Here's the steps. And increasing in the knowledge of God, is important, Strengthen with all might, according to His glorious power. We need to be strengthened as people too. Amen. Are you praying for people to be strengthened? Think about people in this church that need to be strengthened. Oh, maybe somebody that's not on the prayer list, not all the time. Let's not miss people Let's pray for somebody that we're not even, maybe not even me on the prayer list. And just pray for God, would you just strengthen them today? Maybe go through a different name every day and pray. God, would you just strengthen that person today? Now, I do pray. Listen, I do pray for my president. I pray for my president almost every day. I pray for the uh, family a lot of times. I'll pray for their salvation. I'm praying for God gives them leadership, direction, guidance. I pray for people. And I don't pray for everybody. Obviously, there's, there's so many people. But we need. We can pray for people. We can make a. We can. We can pray, and that they'll do this. That they'll be strengthened in all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering. Listen, Romans 8:26 says, "Likewise, the Spirit is also helpeth our infirmities, if we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession uh, for us with groanings which cannot be uttered." And so we think about the importance of praying and uh, doing the right thing on July 3rd, 1988, an American Navy cruiser uh, thinking itself to be under attack by an Iranian F-15 gunned down an Iranian airliner containing 8, 290 civilian passengers, killing them all. Polls revealed that most Americans were against paying compensation to the, Iranian, uh, to the Iranian victims and families. The hostages crisis was still fresh in their minds. In spite of all this, President Reagan approved compensation. Afterward, he was asked by reporters if such payment would uh, send the wrong signal. His response was, "I don't, I don't ever find compassion a bad president. Revenge may be easier to practice, but comp- uh, compassion demonstrates the heart of God." Wow, the heart of God. We think about doing the right thing, doing the doing the, the right thing, even in the even in the shadows of of today, doing the right thing and letting God showing forth His compassion. So we also we need to understand that there's the spirit of love. We think a love of God. And we, we respond to his love. 1 John 4.19 says we love him because he first loved us. He first loved us. And uh, we have a great God. He loves us. He desires for us to follow him and, and know his love. Do you know his love? Do you know him? You know him as Savior. You know his love. And we need to know his love in a greater way. We need to know his, know his love, his desire. It doesn't, his, his love doesn't just stop with us. His desire for people to be, to be saved doesn't just stop with us. It goes out. There's people out there that need Christ, that need the Lord Jesus Christ. And need, we need to be a part of that. So anyways, let's see here. We reflect the spirit of his love also. You reflect it. I'm amazed always by a stand. We live in the desert. We live in a very beautiful place here. Um, we, you, some of you go, really? We do? <laughs> the wind blows and everything's blowing around. And But you you live in a beautiful place here. In Seattle, you know, I used to live there. I mean, you know, there's sometimes you can come out and you see the moon. A lot of times you just see the clouds. Uh, but here you can step out and you see the big moon. And out in the desert, it just looks beautiful. But you know, that's just a reflection of the sun. It's reflecting the sun. And it's bright sometimes. And we understand that we as... We need to reflect God's love. We need to reflect it. but that means we need to be reflective. Amen? Amen. And we need to do the right things to allow ourselves to be reflective. Now, you could do some things that make sure that you're not reflective. I don't exist, you know? I'm the skinny guy, you know? I'm the invisible guy, you know, whatever. But no, we need to be reflective of His love. That means people are going to see you. Yeah, they're going, to see, they're going to see your testimony. They're going to see uh, what you're talking about, salvation. 1 uh, John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made in perfect love. That's an interesting thing there. We see that the fear, in, you know, uh, there is no fear in love. So understand something. When you have fear in your life, the love of God isn't there. You need to have the love of God there. You need to get rid of that fear. So you have room for the love that God has for you. So important for us to live for the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ and to understand that he has, great, he has great plans for you and for me. He has great plans for other people that are not here yet. <laughs> Amen? There's some people you need to talk to. We need to have a desire and a love for others. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. In Galatians 5.25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us walk in the Spirit. It's so important for us to walk in the Spirit and walk with Him. How important it is. And today we have a great opportunity to uh, to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ and to show forth that love. You know, there's a few times in my life where I say, Wow, did I just see what I saw? You see some, maybe maybe not directly in my life but i see it in other people's life where they're at a point where they show god's love and you see it and it's almost like high definition god allows you to see it and you just go wow that was god working in such an incredible way in someone's heart and maybe you have nothing to do with it; you're just along for the ride but you see it happen and you see god working i mean there's no mistake about it you're going wow that's incredible because when you, see, when you see the people that are involved and they get it, they get it. They get the love of God. They're, they get it. They understand what it is. And the person giving it is just an instrument, right? We're just instruments for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see it happen. We go, God really used me. Praise the Lord. I can't believe it. And w- whether it's one person getting saved or maybe encouraging somebody out there that's discouraged, we have the ability, we have God's love dwelling within us. And we have the ability to encourage and help other people. There was a, a Paul Harvey. How many have ever heard of Paul Harvey before? I've heard of him. He was on the radio for some time. Uh, back in the day, Paul Harvey tells the story of an eight year old boy named Ben who won a contest at the local McDonald's. His prize was a brand new bike. When Ben got home to his, uh, to his parents, that he uh, told his parents that he already had a bike and that he wanted, uh, and he didn't need two. Ben decided to give the new bike to a friend who didn't have a bike and whose parents were unable to buy him one. When the manager of McDonald's heard about this, he, uh, she invited Ben and his family to, uh, to dinner and presented him with a $100 gift certificate. The next day, Ben used the uh, gift certificate to buy a crash helmet for his friend. <laughs> for, for some people, giving is just a second nature. We think they just give. And there's people that do that. They're, they give. Tonight, we need to have also, we need to also understand, as I kind of move along here, I know it's kind of getting late, but the spirit of a sound mind, a well-balanced mind, a mind under sound influences. This is a state of mind that every effective Christian leader is a challenge to cultivate. So important that we have that. And today, it's not within our society to have that. that sound mind we think about how we can have a sound mind through salvation. Salvation is available through the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of it is also understanding what you have. Knowing that you have salvation, knowing that you have it and 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 enjoying it and counting it as a blessing, amen. I hate, I would think I I don't mean that you wouldn't count it as a curse, but I was just saying you'd count it like a blessing. You'd notice it. I was see I was why um there's, uh, there's one of my bosses is being told, my boss is at work, and she's being told to get rid of things off the walls that say Dean Foods. DFA just bought us, took us over a year ago or so, something like that. Dairy Farmers of America, they, when they come and visit a place, they don't want to see anything that says Dean Foods on it. Well, my boss has got, I looked in the garbage, there's some awards given to my boss, and she's got them in the, in the garbage. And I'm thinking, I'm going to tell her, hey, you don't throw this stuff away. Maybe you don't put it on the wall, but, you know, you need to keep this stuff. This isn't a war to you. Yeah. And, uh, but we think about, when <laughs> I mean, God's blessed you with things, don't minimize it. Be encouraged to uh, take it forward. Salvation is available through Christ Jesus. Let me encourage you about that. But we think about Titus 3, 4 through 7 says, But after the kindness of the, and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. We think about how uh, in verse 5, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of, our, of the Holy Ghost, which is shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Though God has provided eternal life to each and every one of us. That gift of eternal life, he's provided for every one of us. And all you must do is accept it. Receive it into our hearts and it becomes ours. That's how simple it is to realize that we're a sinner. And Jesus died on the cross and and he died for our sins. And he wants to die for your sins. He did die for your sins. And all you must do is receive him as Savior. Trust him. Don't trust in religion. Trust him. Don't trust, in, don't trust in all kinds of... People will tell you everything out there. Trust God. God loves you. The Lord Jesus Christ, he loves you. He died on the cross for you. And so we see that uh, the importance of the wisdom... Um, we think about the importance of knowing salvation through the Scripture. Also, the Scripture gives wisdom. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How important is that? And we see Proverbs 1.7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and, and instruction. So it's so important for us to have those things in our lives, the fear of the Lord, rather than being a fool. Not despising the Lord, but allowing Him to work within our hearts. We think about the scripture produces a sound mind. A sound mind. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. Uh, this should be very familiar with some of us. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Thoroughly furnished. Nothing like a house that's empty, huh? Nothing like a house. You walk into a house, you go, wow. You walk into a house, is this for sale? You know, you walk into your house, you want to be furnished. And you want your life. You want to be furnished with the things that God has for you. He knows where things go. And boy, there's nothing like a designer like the Lord, Amen. You'll get it right the first time, amen? Some of us, we don't get it right. How many of you ever ne- never got it right the first time, amen? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Sometimes am going, oh, I don't know why I picked that, you know? Uh, the wrong kind of lamp. The color didn't matter. I don't know about you, but I'm just terrible with colors. But the Lord, he's not colorblind, amen? Uh, you know, he can get your life thoroughly furnished. So you, he equips you and prepares you for what he has for you. And We think about how we can be sound on that. Let me let me also encourage you too. Also through the second coming of Jesus Christ, you can be sound in mind, knowing God, what's going to happen. You know what the next, you know the rest of the story. Let's say, what's that guy's name that I just talked about? Paul Harvey he used to have a rest of the story thing, but you can know the rest of the story of the future by just getting into the Word and knowing what the Word of God says. First uh, Thessalonians, if you'll turn there, First Thessalonians verse four or chapter four. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 in verse 13. It says, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13 says, But I would not have you be be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That ye sorrow not, even as others have which have no hope. "...for if ye believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep, and Jesus will God bring them, bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be with the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen? Wherewith comfort one another with these words. God's desire is for us not to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to be ignorant. He wants us to know about those things. He put that in the Word of God so you could know that and that you could be comforted with that. You could have a solid mind and your mind could be assured and your hope could be on Jesus. And we could we could be encouraged by uh, uh, for the Lord. I think about the things the pastor said uh, Sunday night in Revelations. For some people, that is like scary stuff. Ooh, That's scary stuff. Before us as Christians, we we're just going, it's the rest of the story. We know about it. The Lord has everything in control. You're trusting the Lord. You're not trusting yourself. The Lord has made all the provision. The Lord has to bring it all together. The Lord has done everything thus far. According to time. We think about the Lord Jesus Christ. as He was born on time. The Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross right on time. And being born on time, you think about that. I've had t- my, kid, my wife's had ten kids. It doesn't mean that you don't have some certain timetable, Okay. You see, they're going to come early, or later or you don't have it. You know, you can go try bungee jump and all the other things. Try to get things going. No, no. I'm, <laughs> you, you, it, it just, the baby's going to come. The child is going to come when they come. Amen. But we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, He came at the appointed time. Amen. Right on so He died on the right at the exact I mean millisecond. I know you can't get any quick better than that. The Lord Jesus Christ. Everything's going according to plan because He knows everything. He knows everything. He has everything taken care of. And we can be comforted in these things. Be comforted in these things. Have a sound mind. Get into his word and understand it. I understand what God has for you. We think about the importance of getting out the gospel, letting people know that Jesus died for them for their sins. He did all that is required for you to be saved on the cross. We live in the victory of what Jesus has already done. We don't have to be like those Old Testament saints as they all look forward to the cross. Oh, we got to wait for a thousand years. We got to wait for a while here and we're going to be off the scene. And oh, I hope the Lord Jesus. I hope God sends the Lord Jesus. I hope he sends his son and sends that replacement that we need to die for our sins. Because this it ain't going to happen. I'm not going to make heaven. They put their trust in God. They had to trust God. They had to trust that God would have a, a lamb for them. He, they had to trust that. And we look back and we, we rejoice for the fact that he's already done what everybody was looking forward to him doing. We look back at the cross, the victory's already done. What a great, what a great God we have. And it's not all kept in the dark. It's all there for us to look at, for us to cherish and to be excited about. Let me encourage you to trust him and be encouraged for what the Lord has in your life. He has a lot bigger plans for your life than anybody else does. Even your own plans are way bigger than your own plans. Trust the Lord. Let him use you, and you won't be discouraged about anything. Let me encourage you to trust him and remember the things, uh, remembering the provision of his grace. God has provided you grace. Live within that grace. Trust him, and you'll be, you'll be way better for it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you for your love, your goodness, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you just help us, Lord, to live... With that spirit of God, I pray that we would have that spirit in our lives, the Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't deny you and that we would have that grace that you have for us. And Lord, you've given us a spirit of fear, not of uh, uh, you've given us not a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. God, I pray that we would reside in that. We would have that. And Lord, as as a as a as Christians, that we would pray for each other and that we would be concerned about Lord lost souls. You are Lord. I pray that we would have that same concern. And, Lord, as you share our burden, as we share our burden with you, and I pray that we would know that uh, you, you have a desire for people to be saved, almost a burden for people to be saved. Help us, Lord, to gain that burden, that desire for people to be saved that you have. And I pray that you would just work in a special way within our church, Lord, as we dismiss. God, I, we love you. Pray that you just encourage us, strengthen us, and bless us as we go, we pray. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.